At last, it is finally game week for IU football. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? It is Monday, August 30th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. Want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. It is finally here. It is finally game week for IU football. Now, generally during the football season, Mondays will be a time for us to recap the game from Saturday. Obviously, we can't do that, but there were week zero games, and specifically week zero games that uh, kind of impacted or, or IU opponents were playing in them. So we're going to take a look at them this week and see if we got a better sense on some things. First, week zero doesn't make a ton of a sense for me. If you're going to start games, just make that week one. But regardless, week zero uh, featured Illinois, Nebraska, Western Kentucky, uh, all games IU will play in the first half of their schedule. In fact, we're going to start with Illinois because obviously that's who IU has on Friday. We're going to dive into that one first. They played Wyoming on Saturday. Expectedly, uh, they won pretty handily, uh, the, but there were some takeaways from that. I think the biggest thing is that they are very clearly a strong rushing team uh, with Chase Brown, 19 carries, 141 yards, two touchdowns, caught a touchdown as well. Uh, I think everybody expected that. He's uh, a very talented running back, and that was going to be uh, the main strength, I think, of this Illinois team. Now, granted, a lot of these stats and a lot of these takeaways should come with a, a grain of salt because they were facing Wyoming, who, with all with all due respect to Wyoming, it's it is Wyoming. It's not a a kind of power five team or a team that um, is expected to do a lot. So, for example, Wyoming only went five of twenty for thirty yards through the air. We'll talk about that. Part of that has to do with the secondary, but this was clearly an Illinois team that was uh, completely overmatching Wyoming, but Chase Brown still looked great, and that's going to be a big test for IU's defense. We've talked a lot about how good their secondary is, uh, but this is going to be a test for the whole Micah McFadden left in the linebacker position for Cam Jones, and then that defensive line we've talked a little bit about uh, leading up to this week during the fall about how uh, untested uh, or unproven, I guess, is the better word that they are and how they're going to need guys to step up. It hasn't been a unit that has had a, a ton of success in recent seasons. There's been some standouts, Ryder Anderson, obviously, last year. But as a unit, um, they've left some something to be desired, I would say. So they're going to need to step up this week and, and attack uh, that offensive line for Illinois because one of the other big takeaways is that Illinois' offensive line was pretty good. Tommy DeVito was a starting quarterback, transfer from, I believe, Syracuse. Um, he had some some interesting quotes about uh, 
how he finally had time to sit in the pocket and look around and make reads and he was going to fourth and fifth reads <laughs> take a couple shots at, uh, at your old school i guess but uh devito threw 37 times for 194 yards um i mean it, what is it's not like they have a dynamic uh passing game and there there could be some injuries out wide um i believe isaiah williams left the game their uh top wideout so we'll see what his status is heading into this week but uh the passing game isn't quite as dynamic but they still protected him well and that's going to be a challenge for the hoosiers wyoming did not have a sack uh during that game the secondary then is also going to be an interesting challenge. It's interesting that all three of these are on the defense, and that wasn't something I intentionally did. But um, the secondary, IU's strength, you can really say secondary on both sides because for IU it's their strength, and uh, if they can make Illinois pretty one-dimensional, that secondary can hold up. They can load up on the run a little bit more and get away with it. We'll see how that plays out. But on the flip side, the secondary is also Illinois' strength. And that raises some more questions because we don't have a clue what IU's offense is going to look like, if we're being honest. So I don't know if the Hoosiers are – the Hoosier offense is going to – we don't know the quarterback. We don't know the wide receivers. So uh, there's a lot up in the air about this team offensively. And it's tough to go into week one – playing against a, a pretty decent secondary that the Illini have. So uh, I think those are three big takeaways that I use defense. Their run defense is going to be challenged. Um, that I use secondary is going to have to really uh, step up. And then they're going to have to go up against a pretty talented secondary as well. I use offensive line. I mean, I, I could put this down as uh, – any game, but this is where it starts. There's been talk about IU's offensive lineup being improved. There was a low bar to start with, but they're going to have to, have to, have to step up. And Wyoming was able to run the ball. Uh, Titus Swin had 17 carries for 98 yards. Andrew Presley had eight carries for 76 yards. So if IU's offensive line can generate some stuff in that uh, front seven, there's a path to, to being a, or having a strong run game, but all that starts with a much, much improved offensive line this season. So we'll see if the Hoosiers are capable of that, but some interesting takeaways. Illinois just blew out Wyoming, um, though it deceptive a little bit. They scored 14 points uh, in that fourth quarter. It was uh, 24 to six going into the fourth. And then uh, Illinois kind of wins going away in that one. Um, so it, it it wasn't a thorough beating. Uh, I mean, it, it was 17-6 to six early in the third quarter. So there's a path for IU winning this game, as, as we predicted, as we thought there might be. And there's a path to IU winning another Big Ten game now because, boy, oh, boy, Nebraska, thank you for existing because they sure let one get away. We'll look at what uh, Nebraska's – hilarious i guess loss means for the hoosiers later down the road this season first though guys are you one of those people who think it's okay to drive stoned i mean what's the worst that can happen you can end up driving below the speed limit it's no big deal right 
wrong. The truth is your reaction time slow way down when you're high. You're not, you not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you talk about a buzzkill, but stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Be sure to subscribe to us over on YouTube. Uh, We are just shy of 500 subscribers over there, or we're getting close to that. I would love to get there before the start of basketball season. Uh, We got a pretty good runway to do that, and I'm hoping as IU Athletics picks up, uh, we will be able to, to grow the audience more rapidly, but... Uh, we had pretty steady growth over the summer, and I'd really, really, really like to get to 500 subscribers before the IU basketball season starts. So if you guys can help out with that, head on over to YouTube. Just click that subscribe button real quick. Let's meet our goal. Let's see how big we can get uh, before basketball and see if we're able to uh, meet that goal of 500. Nebraska, boy, oh boy, the gift that keeps on giving. They look like they were going to come away with um, a relatively easy victory uh, against Northwestern. They go up 14-3 to in the second quarter. Inexplicably, the onside kick <laughs> uh, heard around the world. Up 14-3, to uh, Scott Frost, for whatever reason, decides to onside kick it early in the second quarter. It goes awry, and barely a minute later, Northwestern scores uh, to get right back into the game and then eventually score right before halftime to take the lead. Nebraska did, again, take another 11-point lead, but Northwestern scored the final 14 points to win that one. And my, oh, my. First off, the biggest thing, Northwestern's defense has quite a way, or excuse me, Nebraska, I mean both of them to to some degree, but Nebraska's defense uh, has quite a ways to go if you're giving up 31 points to a Northwestern team that's probably below average. So uh, there's a path there that makes should make IU fans feel a little more optimistic about this game. Um, I mean, is this a more winnable game? Does it, it, it certainly kind of feels like a more winnable game for IU. We put it in... I think the toss-up category, when we rank these games, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I was pessimistic about a Nebraska, but there were enough people optimistic about it that I was kind of questioning myself. Offensively, they, they had moments. Uh, they threw for 355 yards. They rushed for 101, but 46 of those came on – or excuse me, they rushed for 110. 46 of those came on one run. So they didn't run the ball particularly well. They did throw the ball pretty well, but Casey Thompson, the starting quarterback, had a pair of interceptions, some gut punch ones too. So uh, there was some highs, there were some lows. Again, it feels like a more winnable game. At this point, uh, I laugh because it feels like a winnable game because Scott Frost is there. And how much longer is Scott Frost going to be there? Because... This is now seven games in a row dating back to last season. They've lost by one score. So you can look at it two w- of two ways in that um, they're they're close. And that's what a lot of people hung their hat on coming into this season, that if Nebraska just scores one more touchdown or has one more scoring possession, 
in each game or can hold one the opponent from scoring one possession. That's the difference. So the belief was they're right there. They're close. They'll take that jump. Not in week zero, they won't. Uh, they're, they're the same song and dance. So how much more is Nebraska going to put up with with Scott Frost? I'm stunned they even had him come back this season. So as long as he's there, I feel like IU has a chance. Is he going to be there? Well, uh, Nebraska plays North Dakota and Georgia Southern the next two weeks. You would imagine they'll be 2-1 and one, heading into a game against Oklahoma that I'm going to assume Oklahoma's going to win that one. Uh, I feel like that's a safe assumption. 2-2 two and two doesn't feel like bad enough to fire Scott Frost. They'll have a bye week before heading into Indiana. So I think he'll be there if they lose one of these North Dakota, Georgia Southern games. And uh, it's probably off the rails. And I don't know if that's better or worse for Indiana, uh, not having Scott Frost there. But right now it feels like a more winnable game, especially, um, again, I mean, to, to reiterate the point, that defense did not – it looks like IU can score on that defense. Northwestern put up 528 total yards on that defense. There are a lot of questions about Indiana. By the time they get to that Nebraska game, you would think slash hope they have some some or a lot of things figured out offensively to where they can take advantage of a pretty porous Nebraska defense because Northwestern can do effectively what they wanted, and it wasn't this was a Northwestern team that struggled last season to put it mildly. Uh, I know they oscillate between being really great and really bad, but they were three and nine last season. Uh, if their pass is any indication, they'll probably be in the big 10 title game again this year. But uh, I mean, this was not a, a great Northwestern team returning necessarily. And so to give up 530 yards of offense, and that was even with Northwestern having eight penalties for 65 yards. I mean, the game was there to be won by Nebraska and they, they coughed it up again. It's a recurring trend with this Nebraska team and Scott Frost. I would love uh, nothing more than Indiana be the game that finally gets Scott Frost uh, fired. I would laugh. I would tweet nonstop about it. I mean, if you're two and two heading into that IU game and Nebraska loses and they fall to two and three, there's a scenario where that's it, where Scott Frost is done and boy, do I want, again, I want nothing more than that, but it certainly feels like a more winnable game. It's one week. There's still a lot of time left between now and the IU game, but I don't know. I, I, I had a lot of concerns about Nebraska and whether they were going to actually be good. And through one week, I feel like those concerns were valid. Uh, we'll see if they're able to get some things figured out between now and the IU game, which is still over a month away. There's a lot of time left in between now and then, but um, hats off to Scott Frost for continuing to provide content because that was a doozy of one. The The onside kick, it's one of those moves that, I mean, you go for it, <laughs> fair or foul, he went for it, depending on your kind of mindset as a coach. Uh, his rationale was that if they recover that onside kick um, and – they score again, then suddenly all the momentum's in your favor, and it's an 18-point lead. But still, just an just an 18-point lead early in the second quarter, 
I, I don't get it. I mean, he, he came back and said uh, after the game, if he had a chance to do it again, he wouldn't, which not a great look for your head coach. I mean, you could, it's one thing, I guess he, he can admit he screwed up, but not when you're 15 and 30 now, I believe it's his record at Nebraska. You don't want your coach coming back and saying, yeah, if I could, if I could do it again, I wouldn't do it like that. I wouldn't think there's a lot of room for leeway, but nonetheless, he is still there and uh, we thank him for that because that means this game feels a little bit more winnable as we head into uh, the season. One more IU opponent was in action, Western Kentucky. We'll talk a little bit about them and then also the men's and women's soccer seasons that have kicked off. We'll dive into all that here in a moment. We're not going to go too deep into Western Kentucky because, uh, for one, I don't think that's a game IU is too over-the-top worried about. Um, and for two, they played Austin P. I didn't watch this game, to be honest. I can look at the stats and, and have some takeaways, but ultimately, I I don't think this needs a deep dive. Um it's not a Big Ten opponent either. I mean, they beat Austin P 38-27. Uh, they, again, another uh, instance of kind of winning going away. It was 21-20 going into the fourth, and Western Kentucky outscored them 17-7 in that fourth quarter. So uh, they, they never trailed in the game, um, but it, it wasn't necessarily authoritative or anything like that. This isn't the Western Kentucky team it necessarily – was last season that could put up yards and bunches. Uh, Bailey Zapp, I believe, was the quarterback last season. In the season opener last year, they scored 59 points, and he had seven touchdowns on uh, – it was only 35 pass attempts, but, I mean, we watched the the game and saw how rapid fire that was. I mean, the Austin Reed is a quarterback this season. that He threw 34 times. Uh, for 279 yards and four touchdowns. So it isn't quite the air raid it was last season. At least early on, it doesn't feel like that. Um, against IU last year, he threw 44 times for 365 yards and three touchdowns, and it felt like IU was on the ropes that that entire game, if we're being honest. That, that wasn't a comfortable game. They could get to that point. I'm certainly not writing them off, but just statistically kind of looking at things, um, it doesn't seem as potent, but there's still a couple weeks that they could get some things sorted out. Interesting name that I missed. I knew obviously he transferred. I didn't see where he landed start or the running back with the most carries. I believe he's a starting running back. Davion Irvin Poindexter for Western Kentucky. He only ran 15 times for 49 yards. They ran 32 times for 108 yards. Uh, so not a potent run game. It's similar last season. So if I had to guess, kind of looking at things, um, I would say that they're probably playing a similar style, just maybe not working as seamlessly as it was last year. They had a couple receivers stand out. Uh, Daywood Davis had six catches, 124 yards and a touchdown. Malachi Corley had five catches and three of them were for touchdowns. So uh, they still have options there, but um, not a ton to dive into in that one. We'll see if the, we're able to kind of figure out some more stuff in the coming weeks. Let's talk a little bit about the other football. Uh, soccer got underway. The men's soccer team played on Friday at the defending national champions, Clemson. 
one thing I love about IU soccer, they are not afraid to schedule with the big boys because they are the big boys. This is one of the best programs in the nation time after time after time. So uh, despite losing a healthy chunk of uh, their contributors last season, effectively three All-Americans, uh, they go right at it from, from week one and they go to Clemson. They led at Clemson, led one nothing early on. Uh, Samuel Sarver, who we talked about last season a fair amount as a freshman, he got the opening goal. Clemson came back, took a 2-1 lead. Uh, IU was able to call it back to 2-2, but then lose late on on a, a, a banger of a goal, if I'm being honest. So they fall 3-2 at Clemson. That was a, a rabid atmosphere. Uh, Coach Yeagley talked afterwards that there's not going to be an environment that they're going to play in that's tougher than the one they played in on Friday. Uh, so <laughs> setting the bar high early on. Um, it's a it's a youngish team, certainly not as much experience as there was last season. So we'll see how quickly they gel because <laughs> they're going to be right back at it. Uh, they'll play at home Tuesday, I believe, against Portland. But they play uh, Notre Dame, who's number four next weekend. Uh, so they are diving right into it. Two really tough games. So we'll see how quickly they can adjust. And it's sink or swim early on for this team. They also have games against number eight, Kentucky. IU, Kentucky actually play each other uh, in that sport. Uh, shout out John Calipari. We were waiting Number 20, Maryland. Number 21, Penn State in the Big Ten. I use the highest ranked team in the Big Ten. So if you want to consider that them being the favorite, so be it. But IU, Maryland, Penn State, who have been probably the three best programs in the last couple seasons. Sounds like it's going to come down to them once again this year. Women's soccer team has had a couple more games than the men's side. The men have scored more, though, because... Just a bizarre start to the season for the women's soccer team. They have played three games, they have three draws, and they have scored zero goals. Three 0 0 draws to start the season, uh, including against number 21, West Virginia. Uh, so they have played three full games without scoring. Depends on how you want to look at this. Are you glass half full, glass half empty type of person? Because it's either three games without scoring or three games without conceding. One's pretty positive. One's a little bit more concerning. Uh, a lot of young players stepping up and stepping into the lineup and the rotation for the women's soccer team. So uh, it's not the worst start to the season. If you would have told any soccer coach you're not going to concede in your first three games, I think they all would take it. If you'd have told them you're not going to score in your first three games, I don't think any of them would have taken it. So it's just a, a bizarre start to the season. I'm really not sure what to take away from it. Um, you could paint the picture either way. And I think it's at this point, we're just going to have to wait to see if this is a, a sign of things to come, that the offense isn't there, or if it's a, a sign of the defense being really, really strong. I don't know. We'll see what comes of it as the season goes on. But um just a kind of a, a strange start to the season for the women's soccer team. We'll keep up to date with both of those programs um, as their seasons go along, as we did last year as well. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to continue previewing or leading up to our preview of Friday or Friday's game 
against the Illini. Know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Everyday host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen. Locked On Big Ten. Follow us on Twitter, if you have not already, at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it. Go hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Help us reach our goal of 500 by the start of basketball season. Leave a quick rating and review if you can, wherever you subscribe to us as well. Most importantly, though, guys, have a terrific start to your week. Have a great Monday and LEO.